Now, from the moment that the vineyard was founded, we have our heart is to love the whole church, the whole spectrum. But we try to sit in the middle of this spectrum and we say it's both and. So the reality is both that when we pray for people, we do see them healed. But also, they're not always healed. We embrace this dynamic, dynamic tension. While we believe that God's kingdom can indeed break in at any given moment, not everyone will experience God's love the way that we want for them. We rejoice when one person experiences a miracle of healing whilst in the same moment grieving as another person succumbs to the effects of cancer or poverty. And we saw that tension in our morning service as we opened this up and we're seeing people being prayed for and a few people start to kind of feel some relief. And then I was praying for a guy who was grieving over losing his father recently. It's the both and. We see this tension. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God in the New Testament, you will often see him describe it as a mystery. And I don't know about you, but I would definitely say that healing is a mystery. (laughs) Because I don't get why sometimes when I've prayed for people, I've seen them healed in front of my eyes. And why other times when I've prayed for them, I've not seen them healed. Sometimes when I'm really lacking in faith, like that story with Adam. Guys, I was honestly, I had such little faith in that moment. (laughs) And yet he was instantaneously healed right in front of my eyes. And then I've had other seasons of life where I feel like I've had so much faith and I've just been pressing and I'm like, God, I know you're going to do this. Prayer and fasting, I'm going after the things of the kingdom of God and yet nothing seems to happen. And these mysteries, they're confusing. And some of them can be explained, but some of them can't. I love that John Wimber, he founded the Vineyard Movement of Churches, said that he had a file in his mind marked unknown. And he would ask Jesus to explain this file when he got to heaven. Frequently, it's written about him that he says he would file away an incident with a wry smile, a question, a mystery, and just say, you know what, I'm going to ask Jesus when I get there. Other times, though, he would file away something with great agony of spirit, having really wrestled with it, not wanting to let it go, and then ultimately getting to a point where he's just like, hey, Lord, I don't know, but I trust you. Alex Venter, he's a South African vineyard pastor, wrote about healing like this in his book, Doing Healing. He said, we must be humble about the limits of our knowledge and respectful of the mystery of God's kingdom and its war against evil. I have come to realize that God is God. He will not lower himself to become a God for us to manipulate and control through our needs, desires, theological presuppositions, and spiritual gymnastics. God is not a gambling machine. Put in the right prayer and out jumps the healing jackpot. Sickness and healing is a mystery precisely because behind it is a sovereign God who seeks us for himself beyond what he can give or do for us. In summary, I approach this subject with faith and warfare, with trembling respect and dependence on God. We are treading on holy ground. We should take our shoes off as the Almighty calls us to work with him in this merciful ministry to set his people free. Because we are dealing with people's pain, we cannot come with easy answers, glib pseudo-theological explanations, and the magical hope of instant prayer relief. A theology of relationship, suffering, and mystery must go hand in hand with a theology of healing, lest we become presumptuous and arrogant, superficial and demanding, causing all sorts of damage. Because when we're in that tension, 
the pain is very, very real. You know, I'm aware as I talk about healing that there will be those of us in the room who are really in the thick of the not yet. Maybe you have been prayed for yourself many times, maybe over many years for something, maybe it's a chronic illness, to be healed, and it's not yet been healed. And you're sitting in the thick of the not yet. Maybe it's not for you, but it's for a loved one, a family member that you have prayed for many times and you've not seen them healed. And the disappointment has set in in your heart. Now, look, I in no way want to minimize the pain of that season because I I get it to a degree. Back when I was um, a university student in my first year of uni, I'd gone home for Christmas and on New Year's Day, kind of woken up to drive back to Cardiff. And my dad got a text from one of his best friends just saying that his daughter, so a family friend of ours, had been hit by a drunk driver the night before on the kind of New Year's Eve celebrations. Uh, and it was a terrible car crash. Two drunk drivers were racing uh, and kind of plowed into this group uh, of my friend and her friends. A couple of them actually died on the scene, which was tragic. And then for my family friend, she was put into a coma uh, and had just terrible injuries. And so obviously in this moment, we were shocked and over the kind of preceding months, but I just began to pray for her like I have never prayed for anyone in my life. And I was reading the scriptures and it talks about pray with faith. And if you believe, yeah. and I was like, Lord, I feel like I'm praying for faith for you to heal our friend. Would you come and move? And at every step of the journey, as the prognosis would get worse, as they'd say, hey, you know, actually, she's not responding well to this treatment or she's not stable enough to operate. Whatever it would be, I'd be like, oh, God, I understand why you've waited until now. Because now it can only be you. And what a miracle it will be, Lord. These were the prayers that I was praying. What a miracle it will be, Lord, when you heal her. Because the doctors will know that it can only be you. And her family who don't know you, God, they'll know that it could only be you. And I was praying these prayers time and time again. And so that happened on on New Year's Eve morning. And mid-April rolls around and I get the phone call from my dad to say that she had passed away. And in that moment, just the pain. Obviously, there was the pain of the loss of this family friend and the grief for her family. But there was also just this deep disappointment. And if I'm honest, like this broken trust with the Lord. Because I was like, God, when, when, we, when I really needed you, when it really counted, you didn't show up. So, cool, yeah, we can, we can pray for minor things. But Lord, when it really counts, why didn't you show up? And in this moment, that disappointment set in within my heart. And so I know that for some of us in the room, you'll be in a similar season right now. Maybe it's something that happened many years ago, and that disappointment has defined the last number of years of your life. Maybe it's a more recent season of disappointment. As I said, I don't want to minimize the pain of this moment that you're in. I don't want to provide a trite answer for you. Because it is deeply painful when someone we love isn't healed. Or when we ourselves have been prayed for many times and are not healed. Healing is a mystery. And whilst it is deeply painful, that mystery, and deeply confusing at times, it is also deeply liberating. The kingdom of God does not rely on us. It does not rely on me performing a special ritual in the right way, and then it's all okay. No, it relies on a sovereign God. And so that's liberating because it allows me to look back at that that scenario and go, you know what, Lord, that wasn't on me. It wasn't that if I had prayed in the right way, if I'd have fasted for an extra day, then you'd have moved. It's on you. And I don't understand it, but I now know enough of your goodness in your nature to trust you 
in it. The kingdom of God and the gift of healing relies on a God whose heart is to show us his love, his mercy, his compassion, his justice. And sometimes that is through praying for people and seeing them healed. And sometimes it's not. Is that confusing? You bet it is. Is that at times heartbreaking? Yes, it is. But when we know the nature of God, when we know his goodness, we can rest in that mystery. And my encouragement for you this evening, if you are in a season of the not yet and disappointment is defining your season, would you pursue God's goodness? Would you inquire after his nature? Would you learn about his heart towards you? Would you allow his perfect goodness to minister to you? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to be the comfort of God to you? Do not let your experience dictate what you think about God. Let who God is dictate how you view your experience. The reality for me was that for a number of years, I let the disappointment of that unanswered prayer in that moment shape how I lived. My circumstances dictated how I viewed God. That broken trust, I was like, I don't think I can trust you. I don't know that you heal. I don't want to pray for this anymore. And then I began to encounter his goodness. I began to encounter his love and his mercy and realize, oh, you know what, Lord, I've got this all wrong. I still don't understand. And some 12, 13 years on, I still don't understand. But guys, I know his goodness in a way that I'm like, Lord, I trust you. I know one day I'll get to be in front of you in heaven and I'll have that file of unanswered kind of questions that Wimber has. And I know that I will not be shortchanged by whatever you say. I remember... A few years after this had happened, talking to an older man in the faith about these kind of disappointments and this struggle that I had. That I was like, I don't really believe that God heals and I don't really want to pray for anyone for healing because when I did, it didn't happen. And in that moment, I think I was kind of hoping for some comforting words for him, from him, maybe an arm around the shoulder of like, oh, hey, I get it, I get it. Uh, and he just simply said, Jesus said you have to pray for the sick. So you've got to go pray for the sick. And I was like, Cool. <laughs> Thanks, that's not what I wanted to hear. But you know what? He was right. And in that moment as I unpacked it with him, but also as I then went and unpacked it over the kind of coming weeks and months, I realized that this was ultimately an obedience issue. You know what? It is up to us to do what Jesus tells us to do. It's up to him what the outcome is. And the New Testament is clear. Like Jesus instructs us to pray for the sick. And so I just became deeply convicted. You know, John 14, verse 15 says, if you love me, this is Jesus talking, if you love me, would you keep my commands? And Jesus has commanded us to pray for the sick. And so I had this moment where I was like, okay, I'm feeling convicted. Uh, and I heard a talk uh, by Steve Nicholson. He's a vineyard pastor over in the States. Uh, and he, was, he tells a story, he's told it often, some of you may have heard it, where he, it's the thing that he says to people who come to him to say, hey, I'm struggling to believe that God heals people, or I've, I've never seen God heal someone. And he just says to them, hey, would you go and pray for 100 people and then come back and chat to me? And you know what? It's not that the 100 people is the magic number, that if you're on 98, then you're definitely going to see it in the next two. But it's about that heart posture. I was just saying, actually, so often what happens is when we're in that disappointment, when we're, when we're not quite sure, is actually we pull back and we don't pray for people. We are much less likely to see people healed if we don't pray for them. <laughs> we are much more likely to see them healed if we do pray for them. And that was my journey. So I had this chat with this older guy in the faith. I feel convicted. I hear this talk from Steve Nicholson, and I'm like, you know what? As hard as it is, 
God, you are really good, and your word says to pray for the sick. So I'm just going to start praying for the sick. And so for the next four months or so, I began praying for as many sick people as I could find. (laughs) And so if you were my friend at that time and you were ill, you had a cold, I was going to pray for you. And for four months, didn't see anything. And then I remember the first time I saw someone healed, it was on, I was doing discipleship year. Uh, which was an internship with the church. And it was a Friday morning, we were in the office. And one of the guys on discipleship year, he had a cold. So, I mean, this guy's the bar's low at this point. <laughs> it was a heavy cold. So let's raise the bar slightly. One of those ones that you can kind of see. You know, his eyes were puffy, his nose was streaming. He was kind of bunged up, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and Latty, he's part of our North site. Uh, we were on discipleship year together and we started praying for him. And we prayed and nothing happened. And I think we actually prayed maybe seven or eight times for him. We were, we were not letting this one go. We're like, this is going to happen. And I remember we prayed for him. And then on that seven, seven or eighth time, instantly healed in front of our eyes. His eyes were just totally clear. His nose became clear. His voice became clear. He suddenly felt well. Latty and I started jumping around the room. I know that in the scriptures, often it's the person who's healed that jumps around in celebration. But my word, it'd been four long months. I was going to claim it. I was like, yes, this is amazing. It was crazy. It was a moment where we'd prayed and instantly someone was healed. A breakthrough moment. Now, did that kind of explain or help me understand why sometimes and for the last four months people hadn't been healed? No. But was it really cool that someone had just been healed in front of my eyes? Yes, it blooming was. Did it raise my faith? Yes, it did. And then over the sort of kind of following months and years, just began praying for more and more people and seeing more and more people healed. Let me just tell you a couple more stories, stories from uh, our community. The first one is of Flora. He is part of of the evening service community. You guys will know her most likely. And uh, she had a story of being healed a few years ago. These are her own words. She says this, In my teenage years, I had always had problems with my ankle. It would give way at least once uh, each month, and often I had pain in my ankle that I just put up with. One Friday during my time as a student, I tripped down a curb. My ankle gave way and I sprained it. It was very sore and that evening I ended up in A&E because of the swelling, numbness and bruising around it. It was x-rayed and showed no break but was badly sprained. I was advised not to put weight on it and uh, it was given one of those really cool space boots. You know, they make you look like an astronaut, one of those. Obviously not good to have one but kind of cool if you get them. Uh, So she was given a space boot, some crutches and referred to physiotherapy. They said it would take at least six weeks to stop being sore. I was really upset and the bruising worsened over Saturday. On Sunday morning, I was leading big kids. I came into church with my space boot and crutches and hopped about setting up the room and delivering my session, much to the kids' enjoyment. I remember being a lot of pain and there being a lot of bruising when I put the boot on that morning. At the end of the session, I asked a group of kids to pray for my ankle. We had taught them about healing recently and they laid hands on my ankle on the the boot and asked Jesus to heal it. I took the boot off and to my surprise, the bruising and swelling was gone straight away. I couldn't feel any pain, so I decided to try standing on it. Soon I was hopping and jumping around on that ankle and the kids and parents were just as shocked as I was. I couldn't believe it. I walked home with one shoe and a big smile, carrying my space boot and crutches. I've never had any problems with that ankle since. It's been almost five years. Come on, how cool is that? That's amazing. Another story uh, from Kath, Kath Peskett. She used to be part of uh, the central site. She's now up in our north site. Uh, And she uh, has this story in her own words. I was at church one Sunday and the preach was on healing. And in ministry time, someone shared a word about healing from stomach or digestive problems. 
At the time, I had 17 food intolerances, which were really restricting my diet, and I felt pretty unwell all of the time. Despite being strict with sticking to foods that I could eat, I often still found myself in a lot of pain. I was a little skeptical and unsure about what I thought about healing, but decided I'd trust God and see what happened. I went up for prayer and felt God telling me to trust him. From that day, I started trying all of the foods I couldn't eat before, and I have been completely healed. Thank you, God. Radical stories of people being healed within our community. These are people that you can chat to, that you can ask, did that really happen? There's Flora. Hey, Flora, so I didn't see that. There's, she's there. You can ask her after the service. Did, that really, did he make that up? <laughs> That'd be awkward. <laughs> they even chat to her. Say, hey, did that really happen? Because the reality is, some of us in the room right now will be feeling pretty cynical. That's kind of natural. You'll be hearing these stories and going, well, did that really happen? Maybe it was just coincidence. Yeah, maybe it was. Like, it could have been. But you know what? It takes a lot more faith to believe that the number of people that have been healed in and through our church community is coincidental. That coincidentally, Flora got better the moment the kids laid their hands on her. That Kath got instantly better the moment that someone prayed for her. That Adam's back was instantly healed just coincidentally the moment that I prayed for him. Like, sure, like it could have been coincidence. I'm not saying that it couldn't have been. I'm just saying that takes a lot more faith to believe than the faith it takes to believe that the creator God who made us, who formed us, who raised Jesus from the dead, who throughout church history has been moving, there have been stories of him healing people. That takes a lot less faith to believe that he just heals people. And so you know what? If you are in the room and you're feeling cynical, hey, this is not a judgment moment, but this is just a moment to say, don't let that stop you. Be honest about it. In your small groups this week, say to, say to the, the people, just, but I, I really struggle with this. I'm not sure what I believe about it, whether it's disappointment or whatever it is that's causing you to be cynical. Just, just be honest and say, would you help me? You have, two, you have two options. The first one is let your cynicism stop you. That, you have that option. You can do that. Or your other option is to be confused, to be not sure, to to have doubts, to be cynical, but be humble enough to say, hey, you know what? The scriptures say to go and pray for the sick, so I'm going to give it a go. You can still operate and you can still be given the spiritual gift of healing even if you're cynical. The Lord will still move through you. And what would it look like if all of us in this room went out and started doing this stuff? What would it look like if our friends and family, that when they were sick, we prayed for them and they were healed? Do you think that would raise their faith? Do you think that maybe some of them would come to know Jesus as a result of it? Do you think that your faith would be raised? You know, when, when Lattie and I prayed for, for our friend on our discipleship year, my word, our faith was raised so much. I think it was raised more than his. It's amazing what, what praying for people and seeing them healed will do to your faith. Now, There isn't a formula for how to do this. There isn't a set prayer that if you pray it in the right way on the right day of the month where the weather's just right, then then people will be healed. It doesn't work like that. As we learn to minister, we we learn to even greater the extent that our dependence is on God, is on the sovereign God, not on a specific way of doing it. Wimber, in his book, Power Healing, which if you want to kind of find out more about this, would really recommend you read it. He says this, divine healing is neither automatic 
nor dependent on our right actions. It is rooted in a relationship with God and the power of his spirit. That is how it has always been and that is how it will always be. But whilst there isn't a set formula or a set ritual to do, there are some kind of helpful principles or practices that we can adopt as we learn to do it. So the first thing, and I'm just going to rattle through these fairly quickly before we give this a go. The first thing is that we pray for the person and not just the condition. Wimber used to say, when I pray for a person's healing, my goal is to leave him or her feeling more loved by God than before we prayed. You know what? That's the goal, that they would encounter the love of God. So we pray for the person. So there are five steps that we can go through. The first one is called the interview. So this is just super simple. It's a chance for you to say hello, what your name is, find out what their name is, and find out what they want prayer for. So this isn't a moment to get a long medical history. This is just a moment to find out what the issue is and why they want prayer. And then the next step is the diagnosis. And this is where what we are doing is we are praying for that person. And so we are asking the Lord for prophetic words, for a prophetic insight into what he's doing. We're, we're kind of watching to see what's going on. And we're asking him, Lord, what's the key in this moment? Because the reality is when you read through the New Testament, you see lots of different types of prayer for healing. So sometimes you see uh, an illness rebuked, like when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. He rebukes the fever. You see other times, uh, Peter, he petitions the Lord in prayer before praying for healing. There are moments where, as we, we looked at earlier, where Jesus commands someone to go and do something and then they're healed. So it's not a set formula if you pray in the right way. So what we're doing in this moment, we're just saying, hey, God, what's going on? What are you doing? What type of prayer would you like me to pray? So that's the kind of second and third step. We're going, hey, God, what's going on? We're saying, what kind of prayer do we want to pray? And then the fourth step is that we just watch for what God is doing in this moment. Now, this is a super practical thing that's helpful, not just when we're praying for healing, but when we're praying for anyone is to pray with our eyes open. I know the natural thing can so often be to kind of close our eyes and and pray, but it's just super helpful to open our eyes and see if God is moving on them. As, As if you've been around in ministry time with us over the weeks and months, you'll know that we talk about this a lot, that sometimes when the Spirit of God rests on people, something physical happens to them because it's a real power encountering them. And so sometimes their hands will begin to shake. Or sometimes they might start swaying or their eyes begin to flutter. Sometimes you can just see a deep peace come upon someone. Maybe their breathing slays right down and they look incredibly peaceful. Sometimes there's like an area of real warmth on them. And those are just signs of the Spirit of God moving. But a lot of them you'll miss if your eyes are closed. And so it's just super helpful. Open your eyes, see what God is doing. And so we just watch for what he's doing and we bless it. And we just say, more Lord. And we say, more Lord. And now at this stage... A really kind of easy and helpful thing to do is just ask the person, hey, what do you feel like God is doing? Sometimes I think we get worried that after someone's meeting with the Lord, I don't want to interrupt it. I don't want to ruin it. Asking it's not going to. (laughs) Asking it can often just help us direct our prayers. And sometimes when you're praying for healing for someone, they will have something that they can kind of physically test in that moment. Say a bit like Flora's ankle, that was something that she could test and be like, oh, wow, this has got better. And so what you're doing is you're just asking for feedback for the person. And often, and again, I don't know why, but when we pray for people, sometimes they'll experience a partial healing. So what a helpful tool can be when you kind of start, be like, hey, have you got pain in your body right now? Okay, you do. Maybe it's in your shoulder. How would you rank that pain out of 10? They might say it's an 8. And you start praying. And they say, well, how's the pain now? They might go, oh, it's a 5. Okay, cool. That's not a full healing, but that's, that's, that's the right direction. Let's keep going. 
Obviously not great if it goes the other way. <laughs> but you know what? It's just super helpful feedback, really practical feedback. And then at the end, all we do is we just, once we kind of wrapped up the prayer, we just helpfully kind of instruct them what to do next. So if it's someone outside of the church, the best thing is to say, hey, like, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday? Why don't you come get plugged into a community who are following Jesus and learn more about him? Maybe it's someone who actually they need to go uh, into, maybe it's emotional or uh, kind of mental um, uh, health issues that you've been praying for and you need to encourage them to go to counseling or, or kind of deep, deep pastoral care. It could be that. One thing to say here, we believe categorically in the power of prayer and the power of power seats more. <laughs> Both are incredibly needed and necessary. And so if someone is on medication, if someone is under kind of like uh, kind of medical care, encourage them to keep taking that and go and chat to their doctors. Do not be someone who prays for them and says, throw your medicine away. That'd be really, really bad. That's not good. Let the doctors say that when it's ready for them to do so. And so it's just a moment for us to be kind of really wise in how we approach people.